Oh, there's the it's recording ping. <laughs> Hello, I'm Sarah Meredith, the director of Radical Manifest Unlimited. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire and motivate people. Welcome, Nathan. Can you tell me about yourself, please? Okay, I'm um, a published author of two dark fantasy novels. Um, there's five in the current series. I'm also a stand-up comedian. Um, the goal in my life's always been to make a living out of my imagination, but I didn't start chasing that dream till I was 38. So I was very lost for a very long time, didn't find my path. And then 38, started stand-up comedy and thought, yeah, this is good. And then a year ago, published my first novel. And then six months ago, published my second novel. And um, do you self-publish or do you publish through a publisher? Self-publish. And um, how did you get into becoming an author? What would what was the thing that made I've you? Always, I've always written, um, yeah, or short stories, and I've attempted novels in the past. Um, and then I was just at the stage of my comedy career where I was getting my first hour show together to start touring the festivals around New Zealand, Australia. And then, of course, COVID happened. Yeah, uh, and New Zealand went into lockdown very, very quickly. <clears throat> we had a little five-week holiday, and I was like, well good time to write an hour comedy show but i wasn't feeling the drive for comedy so i thought let's go back and write stories again and by the end of lockdown i'd written the first draft of my first novel slave boy um, luckily a woman i'd met who'd wandered into a bar i was working at um, we'd stayed friends on facebook and she saw I was, I was writing a book and she said do you know i'm an author coach it's like no so we got chatting she became my author coach and she, she read the manuscript, she loved it. And I said, well, how are we going to publish this? And she says, I, I own a publishing company. So it just kind of all oh, wow. put together and went from there. So. And did you find having a coach helped you to? Yes. With the process. Um, yeah, talk me through the process because obviously I'd never published before, whether with a company or self-publishing. And just, um, I mean, it's obviously when you throw your manuscript out there in the wide world, it's a little bit scary. Help with that it was very encouraging and obviously gave feedback and um just walked me through the process step by step and you know held my hand so to speak and what's your first book about what did you call it sorry slave boy slave boy is the first book yeah um, the series it's a five book series it's called the demok chu series now demok chu means demon child in one of the languages in the in the novels in the world i've created I was going to call it the Demon Child series, but there's actually two other series in fantasy called the Demon Child series. So um, basic outline is a coming-of-age fantasy. A young boy is taken into slavery at a very young age, and the first book's his journey through slavery and out the other side, and then the second and following novels will be him and, and the brothers he meets along the way in their journey through. So it is very dark. I mean, it's about slavery, um, which is not always ice cream and flowers. Um, <laughs> But there is there's humorous parts to it, but it is, is very dark, uh, very violent. Uh, it's, but yeah, dark fantasy, community based fantasy. And is, is it based on um, BDSM or is it different? No, it's think of um, if you if you're not into fantasy, think of Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. That's fantasy, but this is slavery. Um, this young boy, I don't want to destroy the the uh, yes, storyline. of course. He's chucked into slavery and eventually becomes their version of a gladiator, which is called a pit rat, and he's got to fight for his life week in, week out. Um, so the first book, Slave Boy, came out in December 2020. 
and the follow-up Blood Child came out seven months later in June this year. Um, third book, Six Slave, is due, we're thinking, mid to end of next year. I'm just taking a small break at the moment to work on some more comedy. And how did you decide? How, how did you decide it would become a, a series? What made you decide to be that? These ideas, like when, like when we're a small child and we're going to bed, it was never fun. We wanted to start with the adults, didn't we? We didn't want to go to bed. Parents say yeah. go to bed. We go to bed. Um, so I used to build things in my head as a little child to get to sleep. Um, back then, like five and six it was race cars or tanks or whatever took my fancy and as i got older getting to sleep that habit stayed with me but it just evolved in what i was building and in my mid-30s i started building um a medieval church and like it's the details to get me to sleep wherever joist goes every brick goes where the window goes to catch the sunlight and i built this medieval church and i surrounded it with a medieval village and then a country and a race of people characters started developing and a storyline started developing and that was actually book four in the series all right but i thought well hang on this character needs you know backstory first so that's how i got the series this the idea for this series how how have the books been received do you have many readers i've got um i mean obviously friends and family very very supportive yeah uh, i've had i mean i've sold a few books it's not the sales aren't outrageous yeah, I have paid for marketing or advertising on the first two books. I'm just kind of slipping it out there and then slowly going for organic sales. Um, it'll take a while for my name to get out there, but being on podcasts and stuff, obviously. Helps. Yeah, of course. Yeah. One that's read it um, has enjoyed it. Uh, it's funny because my family, um, a lot of my family are strict Christian, which is fine. Um, and that's not something they'd normally read, but mum has read it and she, she loves it. And that's not something she would normally read. So that's quite, uh, quite hard. Well, that's a, that's a positive. Mm. So how did you get into comedy? What was it that brought you to comedy? I think I'd always, like growing up in high school, I always had the, like, the lead roles in high school musicals. Um, and I enjoyed being on stage. I did theatre sports. I did debating. I did public speaking. It was just kind of an extension of that. And then when I was at 38, I was like, I'm going to take the plunge. And so I just did, went to an open mic, um, got a few laughs and loved it and stuck at it. Um, and it's been fantastic. I've traveled New Zealand doing amateur shows, open mics, a few paid spots here and there. Um, I've done a few festivals in New Zealand as well. As I said, I just got to the stage in my career. I was going to do my first hour show, but I changed to author. So I'm currently getting back into open mics and writing new material because I'm doing a 30 minute, I'm, I'm sharing an hour show with a friend of mine and uh, the festivals next year. So. Yeah. And the shows, do they tend to be half an hour long or is it what sort of time frame do they take? An hour long. So we'll do 30 minutes each. Most festival shows are an hour long. Wow. So how do you keep yourself? Well, I mean, it's for me, I could, I, I probably couldn't talk for an hour so how, how how or half an hour like that how do you keep yourself on track i'm a storyteller on stage yeah i'm an author i've always been a storyteller so i don't have one-liners or small little gags most of my stories between one and two minutes long yeah so all i have to do is make a list the titles to each story and that's how I get around it. So, like, you, when you start comedy, you're first starting around, I'm not sure what it is in the UK, but in New Zealand, six minutes is what you start with on stage. Um, so I just remember 
the four titles or five titles of the stories I'm doing. And then once I know the title, the story flows. And obviously you practice at home. So when you get to the 30 minute, it's the same, just gets a bit longer and a bit more involved. Um, but once I've done that 30 minutes, I'll let you know. So far, I've only done a 20 minute slot. It's the biggest slot. I've All done. right. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah. how's the, have you ever been in a situation where the audience has, hasn't enjoyed what you've done? Oh, many like, times. And how do you handle that? <laughs> you just you just got to soldier on. Just, yeah. Um, we call it um, dying on stage. Um, yeah. Or, uh, I'm not sure if you allow language on this uh, podcast. Do you? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, language is fine. <laughs> eating, eating shit for six minutes. Um, <laughs> it's it's a just a, it's a part of comedy. Like even the good comedians need to bomb or eat shit now and then just to keep them motivated i'm also your big flash comedians jimmy carr and stuff are so talented and stuff this stuff so yeah they have a wealth of material they're usually pretty fine but when you're starting out it's a, it's part of the course you know um you you do bomb and that's just the way it is um yeah because i imagine i really could imagine if you like loved every time you spoke then it'd be like you get you probably get a bit bored wouldn't you like yeah but it was, you know someone laughed every single yeah i mean i think a lot of men, straight men, make the same mistake when they enter comedy, from my experience. They just, they try to go, they don't do it intentionally, but it comes across very misogynistic. And it's a lot of mistake that straight men do. Um, and I, I did the same. Um, and I was doing material, I remember I did one set, and it was supposed to be about how I'm terrible with women. How terrible what, sorry? Terrible with women. Yeah. The whole, whole six-minute set. Yeah. I'm hopeless and useless i'm terrible with women yeah uh, because of my inexperience of delivering that kind of material because that material can be very very tough yes it came across as women are all bitches so it was a horrible set you know? <laughs> and the first night i did that set i had a hen's night in the front row oh my god <laughs> I, I, I loved you <laughs> I hated it and and fair enough you know yeah um, I tried it the next week, and the whole front row was a whole lot of um, lesbian couples. Um, they didn't like me either, and I can understand that. So I never yeah. tried that period again, ever. It's just, you know. Um, and did you ever find a group of people that loved it or not? No, usually when it comes to gags, we're kind of, because we're taught by the other comedians, you try a gag or a joke out maybe two, three, four times, if it's not landing, just chuck it away and move on yeah. to something else. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't matter. You can – I've got a six-minute and a ten-minute, which are my – I'd say my best material. I can go to, a, go to a bar or a club and know that I'll get some good laughs. Um, yeah. And, again, I've taken that good material to clubs and dead silence. So it yes. all depends audience they're either with you or they're not they're picking up what you're putting down or they're not so and i've the times i've been to some sort of comedy type things and they say or, or i've watched it on the tv and they say oh it's a tough crowd tonight yeah i mean it can but a good comedian will never blame the crowd yes we're always taught that like yes the crowd can be horrible or the crowd can be not with you or not very vibrant but 
that's our job on stage. The MC especially. Yeah, because you're a performer, aren't you? Yeah, that's our job yeah. to entertain you. Um, so yes, you do get shit crowds, but you can't blame them. You know? No. Um, so. Hmm. Tell me about a time you've achieved a dream that you thought was impossible. Publishing my first book. I never thought my wildest dreams I'd ever public, regardless if you're going self-publishing or you um, yeah. are a large company. I never thought it would ever happen, um, which is interesting because my author coach, um, the amazing Dawn Bates, um, who's English. She's not English. She's living, I actually don't know where she's living in the world at the moment. Um, I know everyone seems to think we live in London. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's a digital nomad, so she travels everywhere. Yeah. But, like, she warned me. She said, when you when you have your first book published, you're going to experience a real big low. I was like, really? She said, yeah, you will. And I did. So, I mean, the first book was a huge dream for me come true. I've, I've, I've published a book. Wow. But she was right. I was very low for a good probably six, six to seven weeks. Wow. Um, just because you spend all this time and effort on this on this piece of material, this book, and then it's published, and it's like, oh, what do I do now? Is that it? Yeah. yeah it's like, so. I found that myself when I when I when I did my first degree, like the couple of weeks leading up to it, I was feeling really down, and then afterwards, it was a bit like, is that it? Now what do yeah. I do? And then you're sort of searching for the next thing. So how did, how did you pull yourself out of that? Um, I went for a solitude holiday over the Christmas New Year period because the book came yeah. out the 6th of December um, 2020. Um, so I booked some um, six nights away by myself in a cabin on the other side of the South Island here, uh, which is amongst rainforest, and took a couple of bottle of whiskeys, a couple of good books, and just this was across the river from the beach and the river this cabin i was staying in and i just wound down relaxed no one around me and just chilled for about six days and that just picked me right up and yeah that sounds amazing <laughs> mm -hmm. and where was that was i in new zealand yep that was in the south island a little place called punakaiki um, yeah beautiful over there um the west coast is it's still very rugged like it's not beaches as in sandy beaches you think of tropical islands you know a lot of new zealand beaches especially in the south island are all stones you know yeah shingle so we got stone beaches here so have you lived in new zealand all your life i'd spent four years in australia yeah uh, living in the sandy beaches i was uh the gold coast or surface paradise is where all new zealanders and uh, people from the uk go first uh, yeah three years in melbourne which i miss i loved melbourne melbourne was amazing what did you love about it just the pace of life i was working in a I was hotels my whole life yeah um, i was working in a fast-paced corporate hotel i lived in the cbd i worked in the central business district i drank and socialized in the business i just i was smack and you know the, the cbd in melbourne's huge i mean it's obviously not a london but it's still very yeah very um i mean i walked 15 minutes to work from an apartment building i walked through the melbourne casino which is huge to get to the other side to work and it was just it was a great time in my life and the weather's fantastic in summer and you're, you're in spring now aren't you 
we are it's been um been a wet winter we've had a few dry winters and this winter's been hard it's been a cold and wet one um, oh no <laughs> i'm no, sure we not. got that to look forward to because we're going into autumn now or fall yeah. in the in the us they call it fall mm -hmm. don't they <laughs> they do but no, very excited. Um, looking forward to summer. I really am. And have you ever been anywhere else during like Christmas? Have you? No, um, I haven't had a white Christmas, which is a shame. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been on holiday to the US three times now, um, and I've been obviously lived in Australia, um, but that's all the traveling I've done. I am planning to get to Canada. And then I want to come to the UK because um, my heritage is Irish and Scottish. So I want to get to Ireland and Scotland. And Your hero is, is Scottish, do you say? My bloodlines. All oh, right, heritage. I thought you said your hero. I was thinking, who's oh, that? Oh, no, I understand now. Oh, yeah, I'm mumbling a bit. It's okay. I know it's late for you, and I do appreciate you being on this time of night. Well, That's your right. time of night. Just close my mind as I said to you on, on Messenger that how like for me it's like the middle of the afternoon and for you it's like night time yeah i mean this is my first night time one because usually i've got to wake up at four in the morning to get on podcasts in the usa wow. they seem to do it so i'm on a podcast between 4 a.m 5 a.m or 5 a.m and 6 a.m and then i go to work so wow that's just and have you been on a lot of podcasts i think this is probably about my seventh or eighth in the last six months um it's you know you want to get on more to get your name out and it's just lovely to chat to people across the world and, and say hi and share experiences and share the journey yeah that's why that's why i enjoy a lot about about having the podcast being able to talk to people and find out about what their experiences are mm. especially if they're the other side of the world it's it's surreal isn't it like 10 years ago i don't think we could have even done this could we no we couldn't or it would have been harder, you know, like using Skype. <laughs> I don't particularly like Skype that much. <laughs> no, I, I, I've used it a few times, but most people use um, Zoom is what I, I use mainly. Yeah. So, so fine for, for me, Google Meet's quite good because it'll upload, it uploads your interview straight away. So you don't have to do an extra thing to get to, you know, it'll upload it to the drive so you could just download it and that. Yeah. So that's good. Fantastic. So tell me a piece of advice you would like to give our listeners. It's never too late to follow your dreams. Um, I'm 43 now, and I never started following my dreams until I was 38. And obviously, I haven't achieved all those dreams yet, but you still try. It's never too late. Are there any dreams you still want to achieve? Yes. I mean, obviously, making a living out of my imagination. Yeah. And I'm still working construction 50 hours during the day, um, during the week, and writing at night. So obviously, being able to work and write full time is the dream. Um, more travel. Obviously, I'd like to get to Scotland and Ireland, and I'd love to see Canada. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. I'm a simple person. I just want to share my love and share the journey and share my stories with the world and make a living out of it. I don't think it's too much to ask, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Nathan, for coming on. It's been really lovely talking to you. I'm going to stop recording now. Okay. <laughs>